Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of my weekly show. I'm Father Roderick. And this is a very special show because I'm not only recording this in the real world behind my real microphone in front of a real computer, but I'm also, also recording this as my avatar in the game Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, this show is brought to you thanks to my patrons over at patreon.com. I have a nice community, almost 200 people now. Uh, and I couldn't be more exciting. The The community has been growing quite a bit over the past few uh, weeks. Um, and uh, for those of you that are new to this show, uh, this is uh, a community that supports me with small donations every month, or some, some even support me with m much bigger uh, donations and uh, that allows me to do stuff like this. So for, for those of you that are just listening to this and are not watching, you don't, you won't miss anything. I mean, this is just my regular show, as you are used to. But there is an extra dimension right now, and that is if you go to youtube.com slash fatherroderick and you look for the, um, the video, you will see that I'm actually sitting at a nice wooden desk in a uh, small room with uh, nice red bricks and a carpet. There are two windows on either side of me, and on my desk is a phone, and next to me is a, a microphone. There are some books, there is a globe, there is a telescope, there is a television. All of this is the virtual environment in which I want to record this show. And this is the first, um, you could say, experiment in, uh, in, in virtual casting. Uh, and I think it, it, it is really, really cool. You should take a look if you have some time. But uh, things like this, um, for instance, you know, getting this game, that is, that is all financed by my patrons. So if you want to join them, go to patreon.com slash fatherroderick and uh, sign up. And then uh, if, if I get new patrons uh, every once in a while, I will uh, name them here on the show. And maybe in the future, I could even invite some of you to, to join me live here on the podcast. How cool would that be? But right now, it is time to move over to our first segment, and that is always dedicated to the news. You know what's going on? This is what's happening in your world. They said Catholics rule. We got Boston, South America, the good part of Ireland, and we're making serious inroads in Mozambique, baby. You've taken your first step into a larger world. So it's been quite the week, and of course, if you live in North America, but also in other parts of the world, uh, this has been a, a very tense week for a lot of people. Um, after the murder of uh, George Floyd, um, it it seemed as if all bottled up frustration of uh, that goes dates back decades and decades in the United States came to, a, to an explosion, and there were protests everywhere, um, mostly peaceful, but as usual, when uh, you've got these mass demonstrations, there are always people that are trying to take advantage of the situation and start plundering and everything. Um, but the overall uh, amplitude Amplitude, or how you say that, the 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 size of the protest has really uh, surprised everyone. And what struck me is that it also crossed the ocean. Here in the Netherlands, there have also been uh, protests in Amsterdam and Rotterdam, other big cities, and there were so many people participating, thousands of people. Even though the police initially only expected about a couple of hundred people to show up, we had thousands of people. They had to stop the the demonstrations even though of course demonstrating is a is a right that we all have and and that is very important in our demo, uh, in our democracies um, there is still this covid situation there's still the risk of contamination and so in in amsterdam they had to um, send people home and i think the same happened in rotterdam at, at a point but the, that didn't stop the protests. It, it continued online, and st people are still talking about this. And what I thought was very impressive is that our own uh, prime minister, uh, Mark Rutte, in his weekly address, it, he's doing these weekly addresses during the um, uh, corona crisis, he told us that uh, this is not just an American problem. Systemic racism is also... Uh, a is also uh, a, the case in, or it also takes place in, in in our own country, and it is something that we need to all uh, be conscious, uh, be be aware about, aware of, uh, conscious about, and we should try to improve our society and 
make sure that the society is open and welcoming to anyone. And that uh, he had a, a great speech, actually, where he said, uh, we want to live in a country where people are judged on the basis of their merits of what they do, how they, the choices that they make, not what the color of their skin or their beliefs. Uh, he mentioned specifically also uh, faith as, as a, uh, something that uh, sometimes can co- lead to discrimination. But it's not your faith that defines you. It, it, it's how you act in society that, that should matter and that, sh- uh, and that is the only thing that, that really counts. It was a very, very... Um, Strong speech, almost a shame that he only did it in Dutch, because this, this, I think if, if he would done the speech in English, it would have gone viral. Um, I've rarely seen him speak so from the heart, and and he admitted that he, he himself had, has changed, um, that he's become much more aware of the situation, of the of the of the um, uh, the, the suffering of those that, that that feel discriminated in our society by meeting people, by listening to their stories. I thought it was, you know, a sign of, of great leadership in, in these troubled times. And I think also really helps to uh, give people confidence that their, their concerns are heard, that, that this is something that is um, on the top of the agenda right now, and that we, this is a wake-up call for all our societies to, uh, to maybe have a... Um, an examination of conscience and ask ourselves, where are we maybe complicit in, in, in maintaining this situation? What can we do to improve? Even Pope Francis spoke about it in his weekly address and said that he um, thought the murder was, was horrible um, of George Floyd, and, but that he was also, that he thought that the violence that he saw uh, in the news uh, taking place in, in some of the cities in uh, in the U.S. was uh, caused him great concern. So it, it's it's going to be very interesting to see where where this will take us in the next couple of weeks or months. But it seems that this is this reaction is bigger than than I've seen uh, for a long time, which means that there is something definitely going on. There is something that we need to listen to, both as you know, in politics, in our society, but also. In our church, we need to uh, always defend the, the the weak. And this this morning, I had a, uh, an interesting small uh, exchange on on Facebook where uh, one of my friends uh, asked himself, and it was a genuine question. You know, we hear the slogan "Black Lives Matter" all the time, but isn't that just, in a certain way, emphasizing the racism? Shouldn't we say all lives matter? It doesn't matter what color you are, if you're black or white or yellow or pink, uh, all lives matter. Everyone should be uh, accepted. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an understand, I mean, I can see where the comment comes from. On the other hand, uh, I compare it with the situation, and I, I, I read this somewhere online, I forgot who wrote it, but I thought it was very poignant. Uh, someone said, it's like the parable of the lost sheep. Remember the shepherd? He's got 100 sheep. And to them, they're equally important. All, all lives of all his sheep matter to him. He's a shepherd. How could he not care for, for all his sheep? However, when one of them is threatened and is in danger, he leaves the 99 others, and he goes and finds that lost sheep and protects it and bring it, brings it back to the flock. That is the situation that we're currently in. The concern of society, you know... Um, valuing or emphasizing the respect that we need to have for black people, for people of whatever skin color, is not saying that we shouldn't respect other forms of life or other, you know, people. But it is bringing to the forefront that the the racism based on the color of your skin, uh, your faith, your uh, sexual orientation, and and many other um, things that people use sometimes to bring animosity in our society that, that 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 create division that none of that should matter we should always judge people on the basis of what they do how they live their lives whether they care whether they love whether they contribute or not and not on the basis of of factors that they had no say in no influence on nobody has 
been able to choose his or her parents. Nobody has chosen beforehand where to be born or what, what color of the, of the skin they had. But what we are in control of is how we act, how we treat each other. And that, I think, is what we need to continue to work on. And I think the gospel is a very, very good uh, guiding uh, how would you say that? It can it can help us. Jesus is is leading the way also in 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 very specific situations like this. Uh, was there racism in the Bible? You bet. Of course, this has been uh, with mankind since the beginning. Uh, the story is full of of, of uh, the Bible is full of stories of people hating each other just on the basis of who their parents are, uh, which country they came from, uh, and even which beliefs they had. And even Jesus has to confront these, these divisions that people create. And he's always the one who points to our common provenance, uh, our common father. That is why the prayer that he teaches his, his disciples is, begins with our father. There is only one God, and we're all his children, no matter what we look like. Uh, and he loves us equally. So in these times of trouble, maybe, maybe the Our Father is the best prayer to, to pray together um, so that God may help us to find each other again in this, this common parentage that we share. And with that, it is time to move over to the world of movies and TV shows. I'm back here at my desk. Uh, just staring into nothingness, basically. <laughs> there is, this is a very small room. Um, and the, the my avatar is doing exactly what I'm doing when I'm podcasting. And I just sit in a chair for an hour and talk into a microphone. What else am I going to do? If I walk away, you won't be able to hear me. So let's take a look at what's on TV here. How do you not like movies? They're predictable. Like... The guy gets the girl, and that kid sees dead people, and Darth Vader is Luke's father. Not liking movies is like not liking puppies. They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a movication. I'm going to give it to you. Believe it or not, this room actually has a working TV, and I just switched it on. You may hear a little bit of the audio of the TV. So it's got the little voices. The voices in Animal Crossing are, are very uh, funny. Uh, it's like an abbreviated form of communication. I think they, they, they actually base it on, on real words. They just take out random letters, and then it sounds like this, like chipmunks. So anyway, this, this, this TV um, is not un unsimilar to the TV that we all have. It's like a flat-screen TV. And, of course, in these times of corona, I'm going to switch it off because it's a little bit distracting. Um, we're always looking for uplifting content and stuff that helps us forget about all the trouble. And especially when there is so much you know, bad news and, and we're all worried. We sometimes just need a break and watch something funny. Well, one series that was on my, uh, in, my, in the top three of my to-watch list was the new series on Netflix called Space Force. And it stars uh, Steve Carell from, from The Office, as well as many other uh, very well-known actors. And it, uh, it's a bit of a parody or a, um, a pastiche of this idea that was launched, I think, last year, I think, by President Trump, who said, well, we need to, we need to have a new branch of the military called Space Force because... Uh, we need to make sure that we protect what is ours uh, beyond the confines of um, of the atmosphere. And uh, they kind of riffed on that. I think that this was an, originally an idea of Steve Carell, and he's like, well, I think there is comedic value in that. Let's pretend that we that, that the Space Force is already there. What would it look like? You know, what are you going to do with military in space? How, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> what stories can we tell? And that is what this series does. Um, the, so the first season was uh, premier, was launched in bulk, so you can watch all the episodes. It's not a very long season. Um, and uh, it, it is a bit of a mixed bag. I want to give you a, sh a short review. Um, it's, it's funny. It's definitely funny. And how could it not be with Steve Carell? His, his character is a little bit like the... Uh, 
the the character that he played in the office in the first season he's a bit harsh sometimes a, a little bit unpredictable a bit erratic um and it takes a while for me as a viewer to actually start to like him at first i was like well I, I don't know. One one of the big issues of The Office was that after the first season, they were on the on the verge of canceling the entire series because people didn't like his character. He was too harsh, too too cynical, and they did a, I think a great job rewriting his um, his character for subsequent seasons and make him much more likable, more warmer, and uh, that made. In, in a certain way, more relatable, and you need a relatable main character. Um, this series kind of does the same thing, but then within the first season, the first few episodes, is like, I'm not sure if I like this guy. And then gradually, um, you see him struggle as well, and you see that that a lot of his unlikable side is a pose, that he, he thinks he needs to uh, show the world because he's a military, but he also struggles with uh, you know, family issues. His daughter, uh, his uh, wife is in prison. Um, daughter is in the age where you do stupid things, and then he's worried about that. And so, you see his his struggle. And at the same time, he needs to lead this this very dysfunctional space force. What makes I think the perfect combination here in this series, and I I think if it, this had just been Steve Carell, I'm not sure if the series would have worked. But he plays opposite of John Malkovich. Um, a an Oscar-winning actor who plays Dr. Adrian Mallory. Uh, a very slow, very boring scientist who is extremely wordy and gets on the nerves of uh, Steve Carell's character. Um, I think his name is General Nerd, Nerd, N-A-I-R-D. And of course, that is uh, often abbreviated or or misspoken as as a general nerd he's just a nerd um, but their chemistry is amazing from the get-go and uh, they, these characters couldn't be more um different and yet they are uh, condemned to work together and and it's that makes it so funny um just for that i think the series uh, is is going to be probably getting a second season and i think there is really potential in in, in for this series to to grow into something that is uh, um that is that is going to be um well i don't know maybe something people will enjoy for years to come and I, it's not yet the office it's not just yet parks and rec uh, parks and recreation but you can feel that it's getting there. It's it's trying to find its its own tone of voice and uh, well sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't. Speaking of Parks and Recreation, uh, Ben Schwartz uh, plays uh, another irritating guy. He uh, is kind of the same character that he plays in Parks and Recreation. Um, in this series, in the, he plays uh, F. Tony Scarapiducci. Of course, that is a that is a parody on the former White House director. I think he was a direct. White House Director of Communications for only a week, Anthony Scaramucci. So here we've got Tony Scarapiducci. <laughs> and it is this, uh, you know, over ADD, uh, the type of uh, new media guy who wants to, he's so over the top. And in a, in a way, he kind of makes makes another nice addition to the, to the cast. Every character is a bit of a... Uh, an exaggeration, um, and and that makes it I don't know funny, and and you instantly remember all the characters. So I think it, as much as this this is pitched as being you know the next big thing for Steve Carell, I think this this show works because the ensemble is interesting, and there is a lot of story potential I think, and comedic potential for all these uh, figures. Th there are also a number of things that don't work. Sometimes the the show is a little bit uh, slow. Um, and, and not always very funny. Um, there are some weird time jumps. So sometimes it, it just shows you events at a very slow pace, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you jump forward in time. That's sometimes a bit confusing. You're like, oh, did I miss an episode? Oh, it just jumped forward in time. Um, and there is one, you know, warning for people who think this may be something to watch with their children, um no it is uh it, there is a lot of swearing that was the first thing that struck me 
and it is it seems to be this the same thing that you often see on American television because on regular television there is you know they bleep out everything there's no swearing whatsoever and if they're swearing it is censored and then on I think it's on cable they can basically say anything they want and then they just go over the top and it, 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 they keep swearing all the time it feels unbalanced unnecessary it does not make it more funny it just feels like lazy writing so there's a lot of s s words f words whatever words <laughs> and it's to me as a european it feels forced and and strange and artificial and it's like it's almost as if the writers themselves are potty mouthed and and then just feel finally feel free to use the same language that they would use in real life and it, it just doesn't it's not credible. I don't know people that swear all the time like that. So anyway, that that would be a reason maybe to be a little bit careful to you know watch this as a family. Uh, but otherwise, it's not that you know there's nothing nothing too shocking in this series. Um, let's see what else is there to say. I liked some of the um, winks to you know famous science fiction movies like that there is definitely an episode that is uh playing with the the whole uh concept of the martian you know where where uh, uh th there's this, this settlement on mars and the only thing they eat there is potatoes well here they they create like a a test environment on on earth uh, that is seemingly uh, simulating a, a moon base and so the only thing they they can eat there is potatoes <laughs> that is one of the best episodes i loved it um uh, there there is a, also an episode featuring an ape that looks just like one of the characters of planet of the apes um and there also there are some really good uh moments of dialogue or the, the more personal scenes of steve carell and his daughter and some you know some of the more human elements are really well acted and shows the versatility of um, an actor like Steve Carell. Um, of course, there are lots of funny faces as well. One of my favorite scenes in the first episode is um, a scene in, in which Steve Carell's character, so General Nerd, is under huge pressure and he tries to relax. And, and his room is constantly invaded by all sorts of people. They never warn him that they are in the room. So every time he walks in and thinks he's alone and he, he he jumps up because someone is sitting at his desk and nobody told him. And so at one point, he's so fed up and he's so stressed um, that he closes his office and he says, I got to be alone for five minutes. And then uh, I'll play a little clip of the, of the scene. It is amazing. Um, he, try, he has a very particular way of, of finding, uh, finding inner peace and it involves a very familiar song. His blood pressure is spiking. Brad, no interruptions for five minutes. He's standing in front of a window. Aruba, Jamaica. Eyes closed. Take him. Bermuda. Bahama. Pretty mama. Bodies in the sand. <laughs> Tropical drinks melting in your hand. We'll be falling in love <laughs> to the rhythm of a steel drum band. And then he just continues Down singing. It, it is, uh, of course, we all know that song. And it just goes on and on and on. I can't play it here, of course, because of uh, copyright issues. But it is so well played. And, and it is almost an instant classic. It's the whole Bermuda. Da, 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 da. I was I've been humming that song for for a day after seeing that episode. Uh, hilarious, and there are more more you know iconic moments, uh, and and the series is very good at creating these unforgettable um, sequences. So uh, I would say um, mild recommend. Beware of the of the foul language, and um, it's a series that is is good, but I think it will be much better in the second season. Time for the peculiar bunch. <laughs> Catholics rock! Here at the Peculiar Bunch, we're always happy to tell you everything you always wanted to know about Catholics and their faith, but you were afraid to ask. Am 
Chocolates can be a peculiar bunch. No meat on Friday. Oh, meat? What do they eat? Light bulbs? So, in the meantime, I sat down in front of my uh, nice bookshelf here in Animal Crossing. Because we got to talk about faith, and faith is... You know, you guys got more crazy rules than Blockbuster Video. Well, faith is not books, of course. Faith is, most of all, something that you live. But books are a very important component in transmitting the faith and also as a resource to understand faith. And uh, I'm not just talking about books. I'm also talking about articles. Um, And if you follow some of these resources or or channels, um, even if you're a priest and you've, you've studied for 10 years, you still sometimes learn something new. And uh, this week, I want to talk about an article that I uh, read on the website Aletheia. Uh, I think it's Greek for truth or something like that. Um, it's A-L-E-T-E-I-A, Aletheia. And the article is named How Incense at Mass Might Reduce Airborne Diseases. Now, I have a long history, long-standing history with frankincense. I've been an altar boy for um, 11 years from the moment that I did my first communion until I entered seminary, basically. (laughs) And uh, because I was very good at it, I was always in charge of the frankincense. And I loved it and I hated it because I was allergic to it. And especially during adoration, etc., you had to sit there in front of the sacrament with the frankincense burning and uh, you would inhale the smoke and it would make me nauseous and it would get into my clothes and I just don't like any type of smoke and at the same time it's you know full of memories well this article is about uh, recent research that says that both science and the history of the church confirm uh, the purifying ability of burning frankincense during religious services. This is super old. The frankincense, you, you already find that in the Old Testament. It goes back thousands of years. And uh, it's still used in, in modern liturgy. We've introduced, reintroduced it in our live streams as well. The location from which I'm streaming um, only used frankincense at you know the biggest feast, and basically because... Former the priest that was here before me uh, was also allergic to it and didn't like it, so he uh, didn't want us to use it. But for video, of course, it's very visual, so we we uh, we brought it back. And it it really depends on the the quality. That's one of the points that this article makes. It says you know, um, frankincense needs to be dry. It needs to be you know uh, high quality, and oftentimes the cheaper frankincense which often is what churches will buy because they think well it's just frankincense right um is mixed with other chemicals and it's those chemicals plus moisture that can lead to the smoke becoming really thick and unhealthy um but real good quality frankincense um it not only can uh, um, take away from the smell of unwashed pilgrims. That's also something that, you know. In the Middle Ages, people didn't, didn't go to, didn't take a shower every morning. So it was believed that that frankincense was used to kind of get rid of all the, the stinky, stinky smells. <laughs> but it was also believed to have a preventative effect against the plague, for instance, and other infectious diseases. Um, according to one study. Uh, it's linked here. I don't have the original study in front of me. Um, uh, they were testing the effectiveness of the application of frankincense to cleanse micro, microbially, microbially, probably microbially contaminated air within the ambient of an investigated 17th century church. The results of the study explained that the anti, antimicrobial properties of essential oil derived from frankincense compound with well-known traditional use, showed that it possesses a clear potential as a natural antimicrobial agent. The, resu- the results suggest possible application of a certain fume, vapor, and, um, in as occasional air purifiers in sacral, sacral uh, ambience apart from daily church rituals. So it could be used to purify the air. Who could have known that. I, I certainly didn't think that it would do that. An article on the website Healthline, I'm not sure how 
reputable that website is, it claims that burning myrrh and frankincense incense reduced airborne bacterial counts by 68%. Another study looked at frankincense essential oil and how it has anti-inflammation and anti-cancer effects. Now, I do remember another uh, article that I read a couple of years ago that claimed the opposite, that said that frankincense can actually be, uh, can cause cancer and is dangerous for the lungs. Um, so again, always be skeptical when you hear about stuff like this, especially if you read it on a Catholic website. <laughs> you know, is is it unbiased? Uh, I didn't have time to look up uh, all the the data, but it is interesting to hear, um, you know, about positive effects of frankincense. According to uh, another uh, research paper from the Federation of American Societies for Exper Experimental Biology. Um, Burning frankincense uh, resin, which is resin from the Boswellia plant, activates poorly understood ion channels in the brain to alleviate anxiety or depression. So it may even help to decrease depression. Interesting. However, the article says too much incense, especially when it's not pure frankincense, but mixed with other substances, can have harmful effects on the respiratory system. That's kind of what I experienced as a child and still sometimes experience if there is too much of it. Um, so in, 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 in certain Asian countries, they use a lot of cheap incense, um, which, which can um, be harmful to the lungs. In my opinion, like smoke can never be good. I don't see how it can be good. You're still in, in inhaling particles, and that your, your lungs are not meant to do that, I think. Anyway, um, apparently... Uh, there, there is even uh, some of the incense manufacturers are working on better types of in, uh, frankincense that are less, you know, dangerous uh, or not dangerous at all. Apparently, there is even hypoallergenic incense. I need to get my hands on that because that that would I would I would definitely would like to use that. Um, uh, so the article says the use of incense in church buildings should be monitored, uh, keeping in mind those who suffer from asthma and other similar respiratory problems. That is what I've often heard. People uh, suffering from asthma uh, cannot stand frankincense. However, we did use real frankincense or very expensive frankincense that I uh, bought or got from someone who bought it in Jerusalem, and that actually smelled a hundred times better than the frankincense that we have uh, usually, it was much more expensive as well, but it really smelled like flowers, and apparently, uh, according to some anecdotal evidence, it did not cause these, these asthmatic attacks. So, who knows? Let me know if you have tips for frankincense. I definitely now am going to look a bit closer as uh, at the various types of frankincense that we have here in, in you know in storage, and if, if we need to replenish our um, uh, reserves... I'm going to go for a, you know, high quality frankincense and see if it makes a difference. When did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics? Last night. The packet. The extraction theory papers. Am I the only one who did the reading? All right, let me get a few books from my uh, from my bookshelf here because I want to talk about uh, a series of books that I found on Amazon on the Kindle store and it may still be uh, on sale. I thought it was a super bargain. It is uh, a series for written for children, I think. It is, uh, well, a little bit like Harry Potter. It's not for adult readers. Um, and it's called Artemis Fowl. Um, this, the book series, eight books, were on sale and may still be on sale on the Amazon Kindle store for only, what was it, $7? Like 99 cents per book. Well, these are not small books. They're like 400, 500 pages. So... Again, similar to Harry Potter in size. I haven't started reading it, but the reason that I was interested is that Disney has announced that it ha will uh, publish or, or premiere a movie based on the first book, I think, on Disney Plus this month of June. That's probably also what, why they put the books on sale. Um, so I can't really give you a review of, uh, of the book yet. However... I can give you a short audio preview of the Artemis Foal movie trailer. We want to know everything about the man you work for. A man, a 
This isn't about the father. This is about the son, Artemis Fowl. You've grown strong, son. And smarter than I ever imagined. Then take me with you. You're all I have now, Artie. There's just one very important thing I have to do. Authorities launched a worldwide manhunt for the famous collector. He is suspected to have been behind some of the biggest robberies ever. Dad! Hello? Your family has taken something of great value from us. Return it to me or I will destroy everything you love. You weren't supposed to see this yet. Your father is in a complicated profession. For years, he has protected powerful secrets that have kept mankind safe from the dangers of another world. It's time to face your destiny. Now look around, this is what they call great. But we are not alone in this. I have to say, I'm going to stop it here because um, I'm not going to play like a two and a half minute long clip. You can watch it for yourself. The link is in the show notes. But this looks really good. Uh, uh, definitely um, something that 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 I understand why Disney wanted this franchise. And uh, I, I'm not sure if this is just going to be one movie or if they're going to do more. Maybe they're planning on this becoming a, a franchise in itself. We'll see. Um, and, uh, so apparently the, the movie, maybe this is just because... Uh, of the fact that, uh, you know, because of Corona, a lot of the uh, movies were either postponed or launched directly to streaming platforms like Disney+. Plus. They've, they've, they've done that with more movies. Um, this this movie will, will launch, I think, in... It was originally scheduled to open in the U.S. theaters on May the 29th. And if I'm not mistaken, they changed that into a premiere on Disney+, Plus. I think, next week. So keep an eye on Disney Plus if you want to see it. I'm going to read the first book and I will let you know uh, what I thought of it in one of my next shows. And with that, it is time for the next segment dedicated to science fiction. And I want to talk a little bit about Star Wars and, you know, I'm going to expand it a little bit more to the world of fantasy. Because I also want to talk about something very cool that happened within the universe of The Lord of the Rings. Maybe you've already seen it. If not, you should. I see aliens. Little aliens from outer space. And how are things in outer Plutonia? How many times have I told you not to wear your space boots in the house? Go to shape. I mean, you can donate my body to science fiction. Get your suit on! We need you! All right. I am talking about uh, the Lord of the Rings cast reunion that was uh, aired, I think, last week on, on YouTube. It was one of those Skype calls, and we see a lot of them. A lot of the talk shows are even doing this, uh, to my great surprise, because they're just using very, you know deficient internet connections very bad microphones bad lighting no makeup it is it's it's quite surprising to see how even you know big shows and big showrunners uh seem to just be complacent with the bad quality that you get from just a regular skype call on a on a, on a crappy phone and I was like, well, even, you know, us podcasters, amateurs, we, we can make it sound okay. We, we have cameras that are far superior to what we see all these big people use. So the same was happening with this show. It was, um, I think it was one of the original actors of The Goonies, if I'm not mistaken. And he has a show w with, you know, like these, these virtual reunions. Um, so in times of social distancing, bringing people together, something like that. The, the beginning is a little bit uh, boring and it just goes on and on about uh, you know, his show. And then he starts to bring in all the actors of the original Lord of the Rings uh, movies. And everyone is there. They're all there. They even bring in Peter Jackson um, and and Philippa Boyens, uh, who both wrote, uh, of course, the the script for for the trilogy, and it is just as 
epic and good and funny and heartwarming as as you as you would wish for. It's unbelievable to see that after all these years, this is still a, a family. These these people are so I don't know. There's so much chemistry between these actors. It's unbelievable. And there there are some moments where they they recount stories, they a lot of the stuff that you also find in the director's commentaries, but of course not everyone has seen those. Um there was also some new stuff. Um it is hilarious, heartwarming and 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 very nostalgic. I'm I'm watching these people and this is like I don't know how how long ago was this trilogy? Twenty years ago or something like that. It feels like an eternity ago, and yet they are all still there, and they all feel as if tomorrow they they could go on another adventure. I so wish that there was a way to bring these actors back one more time, and and maybe that is just because we are we've been so pre-programmed with sequels and prequels and and reboots and. Maybe a good thing is just that. It's a good thing. Leave it for what it is. Don't 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 ever try to do like a reboot of of uh, of Back to the Future, for instance. How can you ever contemplate doing that? Even even relaunching Ghostbusters with the all female cast turned out to be a disaster. And the only thing that you can hope for is that the sequel, which is also postponed because of Corona, will 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 be you know honoring the legacy of that franchise and. So, but we we all know that uh, there is no sequel to uh, the Lord of the Rings because all the characters go to other places. Well, maybe Aragorn. You could you could do a series about Aragorn because he's gonna live on for for quite a while. But something tells me that Viggo Mortensen is not gonna reprise his role anytime soon. Uh, nor would probably the Tolkien estate uh, allow. Well, well, actually, I don't. I'm not so sure about that anymore, since Christ- Christopher Tolkien is no longer there, and they did sell the rights to Amazon for a, for you know like a big Second Age series. Who knows? Who knows? But probably with other actors. But anyway, if you love the Lord of the Rings trilogy, go watch it. It is it's fantastic. It makes me love these ca- characters, these actors. It makes me love Peter Jackson, Philip, uh, Philippa Boyens even more for what they did. It is still one of the best fantasy series ever made. Uh, and when I say series, I mean, I mean trilogy of movies. Uh, that's my opinion, and I'm sticking with it. Speaking of, well, Star Wars. We need to talk Star Wars. I'll talk a little bit more about Star Wars in my other show, Father Roderick to the Max, which is available exclusively to my patrons. So if you want to get access to that show, go to patreon.com slash fatherroderick and sign up to become a patron. Little ad here. Um, but uh, I, as you know, in my in my homilies during Mass for Geeks, I, I use a lot of Star Wars references. And uh, I, uh, I can't help myself. I, I grew up with Star Wars and with the gospel. So those two always mix well in my in my own world um i had an idea so we've been airing the, and i talk about this in in my other show the walk uh which is available for free for everyone on uh, on tridio.com and also soon on fatherroderick.com that website is launching or actually i think it's already in the air so if you want to get a sneak peek it's, we're, it's, we're still working on it but it's already live just go to fatherroderick.com um on the walk i i talk about an idea that I had for the Mass for Geeks. We've been um, uh, celebrating Mass at 7 o'clock in the evening on Sunday. Turns out that is not the best time for the United States. I got a lot of North American people on YouTube watching. And, uh, you know, for for New York and Boston, it is lunchtime. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Usually people have already gone to church, and so they go on with their day. Um, So... We, I've, I've decided to move it um, forward in time and start at five o'clock in the afternoon, and then I'm going to follow it up with digital pizza. This is an idea that I took from my uh, parish mass in in Dutch, where we always uh, gather around a digital cup of coffee with all the people that are watching online. Uh, we invite them to, you know, get their own cup of coffee, and then we just talk. We just hang out, very much like. I do during a podcast or when I'm doing a live stream. So I hang out, I, we answer questions, we interact with the audience, and people love it. And I was thinking, I can do that for the Mass for Geeks as well. But 
I want to do it, of course, not with coffee. I want to do it with pizza. And just to have a weekly pizza party. And another idea that I had is I may as well invite someone and talk about the same geeky topics that we did, that I do during my homily, but then really go in depth and do, you know, a talk, a themed talk every week. Maybe not always me, but I can definitely find speakers that can, you know, link together the world of geeks and the world of faith. And so that is what I've been planning. Um, Starting this month with uh, Digital Pizza after Mass for Geeks, and I'm going in-depth about Star Wars. This is something that I wanted to do for a long time. just couldn't find the platform to do it. I'm going to analyze the movies, starting with the prequels, uh, or maybe I'll start with the original trilogy, just the order in which I've gotten to know the the movies as a child. We'll go to the prequels then and then to the sequels and maybe in the fourth week I'll go to the series, the TV series like Clone Wars. And I'm really going to take, you know, like an hour to talk about Star Wars while having, you know, a slice of pizza and also interacting with the audience. If that is your cup of tea, if you would be interested in that, make sure to tune in to subscribe, of course, to the YouTube channel so you get notified and to tune in this upcoming uh, Sunday. Um, uh, what date would that be? Today is the 5th, so that would be 6, 7. Uh, the 7th of June, 5 o'clock Central European time. That is 11 o'clock Eastern time. And I think it's 8 o'clock on the west coast so if you live in la or san francisco you you gotta wake up a little bit earlier but you could also maybe go to mass in your own parish and then join us for digital pizza it's up to you that's the advantage of these digital streams you can even watch mass while you're still in bed i am not going to judge you for that (laughs) but anyway good times and i'm really looking forward to expanding that concept and you know have these themed months Uh, So this June is going to be Star Wars month. And then maybe, well, maybe I'll let you vote on what to do next. I'd love to do Harry Potter and go in depth on that or Star Trek. Why not? Uh, Lord of the Rings, Tolkien. There there are so many superheroes, so much to explore, so many interesting people to to invite for those uh, digital pizza moments. Uh, Let me know what you think. As always, I welcome your comments. We are on the cutting edge of technology. Wow. Well, what does that mean? Let's plug it in. It's going to say, hey, I see you plugged in a new device. And it's going to load in the appropriate drivers. You'll notice that this scanner built... Whoa. Well, all your technology stuff just ends in disaster. But there is one more thing. All right, technology. I uh, placed my telescope here in the in the room because I don't really have that much high tech in here. Although, and I'm talking about my virtual podcast studio. I do have my Nintendo Switch, which is a wonderful piece of technology. I'll talk a little bit more about my recent uh, Switch experiences in Father Roderick to the Max. I've got a very old fashioned, you know, dial up telephone here, and well, I've got a flat screen TV. There's nothing too exciting about that, but. Today, I want to talk about something that I unfortunately cannot show you in the virtual world of Animal Crossing, and that is my new droid. And I have it right here next to me on my real table, uh, and it is another Sphero. I already uh, owned the BB-8 Sphero droid. Sphero is uh, a small company, or it used to be a small company, and they made these these remote-controlled droids. First, it was just a little ball, and then they tapped into the Star Wars franchise, created a a you know, remote-controlled BB-8 that was also seemingly uh, quite intelligent and and, and re- react to, to things happening around it. And they also created, uh, more recently, an R2-D2 unit. And it is fabulous. I was so impressed. I mean, I loved BB-8, but R2-D2 still is, you know, has a special place in my heart. That's the droid that I grew up with. And R2-D2... And its pharaoh incarnation is just as as spiffy and and uh, uh, opinionated as the R two D two that we know from the movies. And the, you know what the funny thing is? They actually can work together. If you hook them up to the same app, you can use the I think it's uh, what is it Bluetooth. Um, 
they will interact with each other. You can even watch Star Wars and have these two on your desk and they will actually react to scenes in the movie. I think the app uses um, uh, audio recognition to determine where you are in the movie and what the droid should do. And I can't wait to do that. I mean, watching Star Wars with together with my favorite droid, R2-D2. And it's not just um, the software that is impressive, but also the hardware. You may have seen R2-D2 in my uh, most recent Geek uh, Mass homily, where he was uh, actually on the pulpit. And I was constantly afraid that he would fall off the thing of the, of the Ambo. Um, but fortunately, oh, there is someone at the door. Who could that be? I, I'm going to open the door real quick. Hold on. I'll be back in a second. Um, let me see. <clears throat> right. Sorry about that. That took a while. Uh, my avatar didn't answer the door in, in, uh, in Animal Crossing. This is a bit of a confused person, and he's been uh, he's been roaming around the house lately. He's also entered the church uh, just this past weekend when we were streaming, and he's definitely uh, a little bit lost and confused. And so he was just standing there, and he said, "I just I was just in your garden," and I was like, "Well, that is private." property you shouldn't you should not enter there uh, yeah but the gate was open I was like yeah but it's still private terrain i was like okay i'm not going to be able to help this guy uh i mean it's, it's a quarter past 11 i don't want people to be at my door especially not if they're uh, confused like this so anyway i uh kind of <laughs> shoot him away and he like the other day was on a bike behind me and he also wanted to talk and but but the, he didn't have anything to say so he's definitely uh definitely strange hmm anyway sorry about that i never expected someone to interrupt my podcasting at a quarter past 11 at night okay where were uh, so i was talking about just r2d2 and how cool it was um that was about that was all i was going to say i was almost there the show was almost finished but uh oh well it's just what happens. Thank you so much for listening. Coming up on Father Roderick to the Max, I will talk about my favorite childhood toast, French toast, and how I thought I was totally magical when I was a child. Also talk about uh, a little uh, detective work that I did to find the origin of certain statues and candles in uh, St. Joseph's Church here. I'll give you my review of the Last Jedi comic book adaptation. Um, which is glorious, I'll tell you that. I'll uh, talk a little bit more about my Animal Crossing New Horizons experiences. We'll talk about kneeling and the reason why Catholics kneel so much in the liturgy segment. And in the VR segment, I will talk about Facebook's vision of the future, both when it comes to VR and AR. Facebook is developing some very, very interesting and maybe also scary technology. If you want to listen to that, make sure you are a patron over at patreon.com slash fatherroderick. And I will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And see you soon. Take care now.